0: Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to
1: the tribe.
0: What is the shaman school? No, You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society. How to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the shaman school is a school that we all should have been a part of. One that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on The Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Dirk and I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you taking time to really up level your life and do the things that you need so that you can be able to shift and lift into higher possibility and maintain that possibility of awareness connectedness and share gathering with all of your brothers and sisters on the planet that are here on this sojourn with you to walk side by side as we all as a family continue to lift the frequency and vibration to the highest altitude of love. So I'm really happy about that. And as we're moving into this trajectory of change on our planet, what we must understand and associate ourselves with is energy frequencies that are supporting this journey for us so that we're not falling behind or getting caught up in energies that are actually limiting us and not assisting us in seeing what is possible for us to achieve. When we move out of the stratosphere or the energy frequencies of lower densities that other people use as hooks and ways to keep us trapped in the mud of depression or anger or sadness that are governed and based around things that the matrix is basically projecting to us through our inability to see the amazing powers that we have inside of us, we limit ourselves from seeing this amazing wellspring of potential that lives inside of us. So take a deep breath and think about that for a second. Think about everyone in your life and every person in your life and everyone around you. Are they holding the vibrational keys that are lifting you to higher altitudes of love, appreciation, joy, happiness, prosperity, freedom, abundance, pleasure, ecstasy, and bliss? Is those people around you holding the keys of inspiration that allow those doorways to open by just being around them or in their presence take another deep breath think about it for a second what type of people do you surround yourself with and why do you surround yourself with people who are giving you those beautiful keys of inspiration and power and energy and prosperity and so forth so that you can continue to be lifted and shifted and filled up and get full so that you can overflow to other people in the world? Or are you surrounding yourself with people whose keys do open up the doors that you want to go through and that the doors that it does open up are doors of sadness and depression and pain and hurt and sickness and poverty and loss and you name it. The most important thing for us in this soul evolution is for us to be able to get into a mindset where we are realizing that the energies that we are associating with are just as much as powerful as it is for us to be calling in energies because those energies are there present in our life. We are associating, communicating, and sharing intellect and conversation. And that conversation needs to be something that is operating on a level of opening up doors for success happiness and joy in your life take a deep breath you know what take two deep breaths it's important for you to really let this sink in and really look at how your influences are either influencing you for greatness or influencing you for other things that are not so great you see we are affected by energies and energies are all around us they are in the things we put in our home the people we surround ourselves with the color clothes we wear the way we dress the cars we get into everything has energy and everything is either reflecting some level of high possibility and truth for us or it's depleting us limiting us and holding us back from our greatest potential of being a powerful cosmic leader now being a cosmic leader does come with a lot of responsibility but when we think about responsibility we have to ensure the understanding that responsibility means only what it means to show up for yourself to have the ability to respond now responsibility means that you're op- you're operating and holding on to a frequency of intellect that is not falling below the energy frequencies that bring death decay Uh, desecration destruction chaos pain hurt and so many more things that i can mention you see the thing is as we are operating as cosmic leaders cosmic leaders don't fall into the space of those energies in fact it continues to operate in a place of creating more inspirational keys more prosperity and abundant keys that every time you open your mouth think or even perceive you're operating at high intelligence. Now that takes time to get to, and it's not something that happens overnight. It takes time for you to make a decision to begin to be this level of ambassadorship for the planet. Yes, you choose yourself as an ambassador. No one has to choose you as an ambassador for you to become an ambassador. Because a lot of times people think, oh, well, oh, you know, if that person says that I'm good at it, or I can do it, or I'm gonna be beautiful, or I'm this, or I'm that, then I am those things. But then again, you're just another codependent drizzle. Because at the end of the day, you're taking in energies that are not supportive, because you're allowing it to, to override your own free will, your own connection, your own resource of your own intellect towards yourself. Hello, I think someone's home right now. Yeah, someone's home. So go inside and let's share some information. The thing is, is that when we are operating in this very dissonant uh, place from ourselves, we are subjectively victimizing ourselves by taking on the onslaught of information that is literally deteriorating us because of the fact that it's operating us against ourselves in fear of ourselves, in fear of our power, in fear of our wisdom, in fear of our capability to know what choices to make and what actions to take in life in order to better our life for the good. Most human beings think that those things are governed from the outside world. Well, I assure you, they are not. And in fact, in order for us to be able to step into a new plateau of consciousness, we have to really be comfortable and owning space. Yep, that's right. We need to get comfortable owning space. Well, I think that we hit a strong live wire there, dear. So the thing is owning space is about us being able to be clear and have clarity within ourselves of what we are feeling, experiencing, and believing so that we're able to keep achieving the high level possibilities because we're owning our space where we are opening up space so that things can be amplified into greatness. Now. Look, there's a lot of people who don't own their space. They walk around waiting for someone to tell them something great about themselves or something beautiful about themselves. Or they're waiting for someone to tell them that they deserve to get a promotion or they deserve to to own their own business or that they are strong enough or they are capable or they are loved enough. And all these days and this and that and whatever. Okay, those types of people are easily to program. And those types of people are easily to enslave because people who don't have clarity and hold space for themselves are the quickest and most fastest people who can easily be enslaved and easily be taken down because your mind does not belong to you. No, nope, it sure doesn't. Your mind belongs to a system that wants to use your mind as a battery resource to feel its own agenda. Now, if you don't got that straight, I don't know why. So the point I'm making is, is that if we are going to really up level this planet, we have to encourage people to be in their own space. And what does that mean? Well, that means that the next time someone says to you, like, Asking you a question like, do you think I should take this job? You should flip it around and say, do you think you should take this job? And if someone says, do you think I'm beautiful? Do you think you're beautiful? And when someone says to you, I'm thinking of buying this property and opening and going and start flipping houses and opening up a new business. Do you think I'll be successful? Do you think that's something I should do? Be like, do you think that's something you should do? Do you feel you'll gain success from that? You see, the more we begin to flip the switch, (laughs) right? I had to make that sound like it's kind of like an electrical surge, right? We flip the switch by changing the way we associate to each other in a more constructive and building way versus a codependent and woe is me or, you know, please beggar way, right? No one wants a beggar for a friend, a friend who begs for things to happen and change in their life. People who even beg God sounds sickening to me. It's like, please God, please God, please, please help me uh excuse me god is helping you it's you who's getting in the way and not wanting to listen or do the things because you keep putting your energy outside thinking that god has to help you and god's like i'm giving you all the support you need but you're not wanting to listen or go into it because you're not thinking correctly so like whose fault is it really Is it God's fault because you chose not to think correctly because you chose to go into a beggar mode or someone who's a victim? Or do you go into making and deciding what type of being you are by building your clarity uh, library? Now, what does that mean to build a clarity library? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. It just means that you're putting a lot of truth on the shelf of your reality that connects to you. And when you don't want it there, you get rid of it. If it's not supporting you and it's not bringing the things you thought it should bring, you just remove it. It's like taking a book off the shelf. Well, it's the same thing. You've got all these books on the shelf inside the the clarity library that you have brought clarity to yourself around. Like, I'll give you an example. I know I'm a loving and nurturing person that's true. No one can come to me and say, you're not a loving, nurturing person. You're such a dick, Derek. You, you suck. You are this, you're that. I'd be like, well, you know, you're entitled to feel what you want to feel, but I know the truth and that's it. And why? Because I have a clarity library. I have a clarity library that has tons and tons of shells of truths that knows that I'm a loving and caring person. Now, if you're not going to take the time to really cultivate your shelves with information and knowledge and technology that supports you, and when I say technology, I'm not talking about the robot who comes in the room and says, Mr. Robinson, Mr. Robinson. No, I'm talking about technology of consciousness. I'm talking about elevated consciousness that has understanding and definition to it that allows you to perceive and believe in something that is, such as, I am a very caring and loving person. Well, I know that. And I I have technology to back it up. I have technology to back it up. I have tons of information to back it up. And I have tons of words that support me in backing that up in that truth. So that cannot be denied, not within me and not towards anyone else. Because why? Because the first denial always starts with you. doesn't matter how many people tell you how good you are how bad you are what you're capable of doing the energy of you is what defines and decides if what they say is true or not so if someone calls you stupid right in that moment you have a choice to either acknowledge that that was said to you and acknowledge how so backwards that was and it doesn't even compute to you on any level because your technology of intellect has built a design that supports you not being stupid and therefore there's no other way that you could accept it either way other or upside down and forward backwards and side around and spinning around and whatever ways that you could imagine or think that you might be stupid does not exist because you have a clarity library Clarity Library, welcome to the Clarity Library where all of your highest level of thinking and thoughts are always here on the shelves to provide you with resources and information so that no one could ever say anything to you that would put you down or make you feel that you're not good enough. You see, the thing is, any idea classified as not being good enough is governed by the idea of lack of clarity. Really, really simple. Like my father and my stepmom used to always make comments to me. Mostly my stepmom, my dad was much more of kind of like a guy who would just kind of accept the abuse in the house and continue it. But my stepmom was the one who was more voicey. She would spend more time telling me things like, I'm an idiot, I'm stupid, the world's going to laugh at me, people are going to beat me up. If I go out the door, people are going to hurt me. I mean, the world is out to get me. I mean, goodness gracious, the woman might as well have put a shirt on that says, I'm your doomsday stepmother. Everything I tell you is about how the most horrible, horrible things are going to happen to you. But it was also a really good challenge for me as well, because as I began to believe those things and actually saw them occurring in my life, I realized that those things were only occurring because, again, she was giving me clarity where I was not. I began to listen to the song in Metallica. Master, master, master of puppets getting into your head. And then I realized, oh my God, my stepmom is a master of puppets. And the only way you stay a puppet is long as you continue to allow those strings to be attached. And what are those strings? Oh, I know. Anyone? Anyone? Ferris? Bueller? Bueller? Uh, Anyone in class raising their hand? Oh, you over there. What was that? Yes, the string attachment comment. Do you have an answer for that? Um, Yes, I do. In fact, I do. You see, the strings of attachment basically are the beliefs and trust that you have that someone's wisdom is greater than your own or that their knowledge is greater than your own or that their words are greater than your own. And therefore, you rely upon them out of loyalty to attach those strings to you so that they can be your master and you can be the puppet. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my God, I think we got a winner, 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 winner here. You just won $10,000. Actually, you just won a whole trip to Clarity Island. You see, the thing is, is that that student who answered that question was right, we do it out of loyalty. Loyalty that they have some level of knowledge greater than our own, or that they we should trust what they say because they're supposed to tell us those things, because they're our parents, our authority figures. They are loving us, and because they love us, they wouldn't lie to us. Hello, I don't know if any of you have taken a look outside the window, but this is planet Earth. And planet Earth is filled with people who lie, who actually will tell you they love you and destroy you in the same sentence. They're not bad people. It's just they don't know any better because that's what was done to them. And as you know, on this planet, there's a lot of copycats running around. Meow, meow. You know what I mean? Copycats. The world is filled with them. So many copycats running around, copying each other, and constantly telling the story of another person's story into their story so that they can understand and relate to that person. And that does not support your evolution and moving into mountain elevation consciousness. Yeah, pretty cool, right? The big M. E. C. Mountain Elevation Consciousness. I kind of like the sound of that, really. But the thing I'm saying is, out jokes aside, we must understand that the master of puppets is real. And so when I was a kid and I would sit with my big headphones on listening to Metallica, getting into that space... I realized that my stepmom was a master and I had become a puppet because I was devotionally feeling that I had to accept and allow all forms of mental and emotional abuse out of loyalty that she is my stepmom and she's older than me and that she's supposed to know what's best for me and that I should trust her wisdom no matter what. Not my own, however hers. And that's what I did. And for many, many years, I was feeling completely broken, beat up, terrorized, horrified. I was scared to go to school. I was scared to walk out the door. I looked at myself. I thought it was ugly. I hated myself. I hated my skin color. Everything she said was just, I was just a dancing puppet of deprivation and depravity and complete denial of who I was. Literally a dancing fool. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a fool as we see in the tarot card. It can be a very useful card if we're willing to open ourselves up to the deeper meaning of that fool. That being said, when I was a dancing fool, I realized that everything that I was experiencing that was painful, hurtful, and uncomfortable was all in my doing because I chose to be a puppet when I knew that these strings and attachments were not really serving me. And it was only then that I decided to create a book of clarity. A book of clarity that gave me the clarity of who I truly am and continue to hammer that into myself with love kind of zhuzhing it and massaging it. And you know how you massage kale. I kind of massaged myself with all kinds of new ways of thinking about myself. And lo and behold, the strings came undone. And I fought for my independence. But when I realized the only reason why I'm fighting for my independence is because I feel like something has to be against me and therefore I have to fight in order to survive. And that was an incorrect thinking pattern because at the end of the day, Every time we fight anything, it just makes it worse. The greatest way for us to achieve any form of transformation from the fight itself is to come into acceptance of understanding what its role is and why it's being played in the first place. Ding, 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 ding. So the thing is, the moment I was able to realize that her information was only valuable to her because of what her experiences were and that her experiences governed a huge portion of her intellect and what she believes was possible, and what she believed wasn't possible. Now, just because she went through all that abuse as a child and did all these things in her life because of it, doesn't mean that she is the be all end all glory of the gods, wisdom keeper of truth to be bestowed on me. And in fact, her bestowing of this information was not wisdom at all. In fact, it was held with fear and judgment and victimizing, which was exactly what she felt growing up as a kid. So why would I allow myself to be tethered to a master who is not mastering energies of love, transformation, healing, and energies that take me to higher levels? Like, there's nothing wrong with being around people who are masters of different energies and seeing them as an opportunity to fuel your own rocket ship then go to where you need to go to be able to feel the highest level of life attunement you would like to feel. Nothing wrong with it. I surround myself with all types of intellectual people and stimulating people and spiritual people who have an intellect of mastery that if I was to ever say I hate my life, they would bump at me and go, "What's to hate? Why aren't you being Why aren't you being grateful? Let's talk about all the things you should be grateful for, you know." But the difference is if I surround myself with people who are operating in what I call masteries that are, do not support me then I would say, I hate my life. And they would be like, oh, I hate mine too. And you should, because look at the world we live in. I mean, that's not productive, is it? I don't think so i really don't and so the thing is in order for us to be able to move out of the puppeteering that we're being put into by many systems that would love to puppeteer us we've got to build our own clarity library the truth has to be always present so that we never fall into the traps and the lies and the deceptions so That being said, as we move into a new stratosphere of thinking and recognizing, we have the capability to make changes. It starts with the people we surround ourselves with, Are they keys of inspiration, prosperity, higher consciousness uh, so that we can continue to take from them uh, that energy and exuberance to fuel our own ship and blast off to greatness? Or are we also tethered to masters that are operating information and and energies that we feel loyal to that are actually tearing us apart and breaking our, our lives down because we are being tethered to them as puppets? There's nothing wrong with being a fool and recognizing that you've been a puppet, but a fool can turn into a higher place of power, as you see in the tarot deck, the magician, when you realize that you are the source of all intention and manifestation, and that you have the ability to shift, lift, and change all things in your life, just by knowing the truth, living the truth, and accepting the truth that you are one powerful MF. I love you and we'll speak soon. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to... Info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. We have a tribe share, um, everyone, a song called Floating Egghorns by Rebecca Nugent. You can find the handle on Instagram at D-J-D-E-I-T-I-I. Enjoy. Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe i have tried each of these products and they are the best lit verified products vary from beauty technology clothing food health and wellness and anything that is ethically sourced organic maintained and sustainable not every product offered to the team passes the lit verified test no Not at all. Every lit verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us lit verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards when purchasing lit verified products we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamandurek.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, Tribe. All right, Tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Durek, and I am super happy that you are here to really uplevel your life and take yourself to a whole understanding of yourself from a beautiful place, from a nurturing place, from a, a, a deep, soulful place. And that's what it's about right now with everything that's happening in the world, with all of the calamity and all the discord. We need to bring ourselves back to ourselves so that we are able to move through these times with ease and grace. As we say, that is the the pace. And having you be here on Ancient Wisdom today to listen to the most amazing speakers and intelligent leaders in the world share their knowledge and their expertise with you so that you can continue to rock the Casbah. I am super happy to have in studio actually a dear friend and brother who I've had a lot of time working with in Turkey and spending time with and had become really close with. We lived together in the place that we were working out of in Turkey at this place called Bilgi Palashim. And we got to know each other and be in each other's lives. He's such a beautiful and gifted soul and such a heart. And he's an amazing being. Not only that, but he's also based in New York. And Paul Arnaud is also a best-selling author, um, an award-winning master hypnotherapist worldwide. And for 30 years, he spent his time really understanding how we as human beings can go deeper within ourselves and that's what we're here to talk about today we also want to talk about his new book that just came out and we're going to talk about that um, very soon and i'm just very happy to have him with us on ancient wisdom today podcast and we'll be giving you all the information you need to be able to find him connect with him do sessions with him take his um his beautiful workshops and everything else he offers paul
1: welcome to the studio Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to see you and connect with you again. Very, very special. I'm really glad I can celebrate this new book with you too. I saw you work so hard on yours. It was an inspiration for me. I know how hard work it is watching you do it. Middle of the night, dictating, writing. Yeah. I, when we did the book launch, I really said no. there's no one author. It takes a real tribe, a real team to book and get it out there. It's really a Group, group effort. It, it really is. So
0: now, that being said, tell us about your new book, you know, you know, your name of your book and, and
1: what inspired you to write this book. Now, the name of the book is Essential Healing. And it's really based on the work that I've done for over 30 years. I saw over time, people have really essential healings, certain movements, certain healings that many, many people experience that help bring them back to themselves, help them get out of their mind, open their heart, and go deeper within. I think so many of us function from the mental mind. We get confused, we get anxious. And to really find healing rather than looking outside, I prefer to find it within. But how do you do that? How do you reconnect with your own self? How do you reconnect with your your own soul? So when I had my near-death experience, when I got hit by lightning, one of the main messages I got was, listen, listen, not to your mind, but listen to your heart, listen to your soul, and listen to spirit. Well, that's that's fine, but how do you do that, right? So, I wrote this book, it took me years, but I wrote it, and it it really, it's full of 50 practices that people can do for themselves to do just that, to reconnect with their own inner wisdom, to achieve their own healing, to reconnect with their own soul. And, so I gave everything I know and have done with so many people over the years um, to everyone that can pick up this book and, and then do it for themselves. And that's beautiful. And thank you so much for taking the time to write this book
0: and bring it into the world, to really birth this into the world, to give people uh, uh, an amazing way in which they can connect back to themselves. And we definitely need that right now more so than ever with everything that's trying to pull our attention away and pull us into things that we don't really need to be a part of. So that is absolutely beautiful. So, you know, Paul, tell us about your journey to being a hypnotherapist. Because you're not just a hypnotherapist. You're. We can say that yes, you're a hypnotherapist, but you're more than that. And so, I would love to uh, everyone to know more about how that journey became. Because you're a hypnotherapist, but you're actually um, a healer, and you're you're all these other things, right? But it's tired in this world. We say, okay, this is hypnotherapy, but you've you've actually changed it and created
1: something pretty miraculous. So, tell us how that came about. Mm-hmm. So I think around 20, I left college and became very interested in this kind of energetic healing called Joe Ray. And I went off to Japan to study it for two years. I think all my friends and family were pretty concerned about me. Uh, maybe I'd lost my mind going there. <laughs> but it was really a transformational experience for me to be in a, a culture was so completely different, to learn the language, to read it, write it, speak it, and have a very different perspective of myself and of the world and to experience energetic healing that that brought about great transformation for people so i came back to the us in the um mid-70s and started practicing that and over time i saw that people were going into a kind of altered state i would combine breath work energetic work therapeutic touch reiki and then eventually hypnosis so hypnosis was still a bit of a strange thing back in the 80s. I think there's much more science that's available about it now. But it really gave me a way to more intentionally, more directly, and more efficiently help someone achieve an altered state of consciousness without having to do drugs or something else, that they could, um, through hypnosis, step out of their analytical mind, expand their consciousness and participate in the healing work. I think until the time I was doing hypnosis, I called myself a healer. I think I helped facilitate healing, but learning hypnosis really shifted the dynamics so that I could involve the person in the process. I'm great at facilitating, but I'm not doing the healing for them or, or to them. I think that's a much healthier approach to things. Facilitating hypnosis sessions and expanding consciousness and how I did that and why I did that changed substantially 20 years ago when i was struck by lightning and had that near-death experience seeing my body dead in the street having consciousness even though my body wasn't functioning and then going back home that place that i think that we all long for there's a sense of separation in in all of us i believe longing for that place of unconditional love because it's relatively hard to experience here on earth but i experienced it and i experienced oneness not just with all things but really being a part of or being all things still with a a sense of self but no sense of separation and so it was after that that i really began to research how could i through hypnotherapy help someone have that kind of experience without having to have the trauma of dying or nearly dying it took a long time to to navigate that and then i discovered the work of Michael Newton, the life between life regression work that he'd found a way to get people into spirit um, without the trauma. I saw him work and said, oh, I I have to learn how to do that. And I I trained to do that. And I've been doing that now since 2001. And it's a long um, and involved process. It's it's a deep process. Um, And I wanted to see if I could help people achieve some of the same things that they achieve in life-between-life progression through this kind of work, through doing it on their own, really. And so that's that's really the theme of the book, is how to achieve soul state, how to get out of your mind, open your heart, expand your consciousness, and really reconnect with who you truly are. Now, on the way there, there are a lot of layers that we run into, right? But instead of spending years in in, in psychoanalysis or digging through those layers, My concept or intention is to sort of pierce through those layers, to reconnect with that essential self, that soul essence, and wake that up, invite it back, and it can do the work of breaking through those layers and coming
0: forward. No, no, it's beautiful what you're saying. I'm just I'm, I'm just taking in all of the energy and the, all the colors and all the things that are vibrating from your being. It's absolutely uh, divine. What I wanted to ask you is something that you said that was very poignant and very needed today in today's culture. And this is something that I find a lot that has been getting in the way of people's ability to come back into their own autonomy and their ability to come back into their own space where they are not coming into codependency with other people is what you said earlier which is you know people thinking that you're going to heal them that you're the one who's going to do it all and all they have to do is just come in lay down or sit down or whatever it may be and that you're just going to do all of that and i wanted to ask you a question in regards to that is why do you think human beings feel that the process of healing isn't something of
1: a partnership but much more of a codependency Mm. I think we learn from early on to be dependent. I think we learn early on to disconnect from ourselves and to shift our focus. I think a young child is very inner-focused, right? You, sometimes they're in their own world. You can walk past them, talk to them. They don't even, even notice you. But in time, that changes. and We become very focused externally. We look to the outside world for success, for fulfillment, for love, for, for whatever it might be. And yeah, there are certainly reasons to partner and, and great, great value in that. But giving our power away and, um, and having it taken away, whether it's by government or by the medical world or by friends and family, I think we start early giving that away or losing it. And I think we all really need to take it back to find it within ourselves and and to recognize it in ourselves. And once we do that, we can begin to recognize it in other people. Absolutely. So a lot of this really is, is reclaiming our power. It's taking some of our soul energy back to those we've given it away to, or that we're good at taking it away. You know, so much of this is about three things. Derek. One is stored emotion because we all have so many feelings stored in us and then various experiences in life will trigger that. And out those emotions come, right? And when they're internalized, they they clearly cause illness. The next thing is our beliefs. When we have some strong emotional experience, we form a belief. It's my fault. I'm not enough. I can't trust. You know, there's a whole whole list, right? We walk around with these beliefs. They very much limit us. And then the real, really challenging one is the survival strategy. It's, It's what did you learn to do to stay, stay safe and to get love and acceptance, right? Did you become a people pleaser? Did you, did you become a caretaker? Did you become a victim? You know, we all learn these different strategies. And I think where I take this to the next level is, it isn't just your psychology. It isn't just your childhood. This goes back. This goes back to the time in the womb when you're developing and coming, where you're absorbing so much from all around you before you're really fully embodied. And this comes from your past lives. It isn't just your mind and your psychology that believes things or carries emotions or has strategies. The soul brings in these survival strategies, brings in these beliefs, and brings in emotions as well. And they merge with our personality, and we don't even know where they come from. Right. And you know, and, and I'm glad
0: that you're you're speaking about that because a lot of uh... <clears> the <throat> studies that I've been doing as a shaman is really focusing on epigenetics and looking at how epigenetics plays an integral role of what we are taking on from those genetic programs and how they affect us in our health, in the way that we we perceive the world, and the way that we choose to adapt to any type of situation or circumstance that shows up. And I think that right now, hypnotherapy and all these things, people don't have enough information about it. A lot of times when, people, when I mention to people, oh you should go see a hypnotherapist they're like what's that? You mm-hmm. know, and it needs to be more mainstream. So, what types of people can come and work with you, you know, and get uh the services that you provide?
1: What type of people n- would need this type of therapy? I don't think it's limited to any any type of person. I think that it's the misunderstanding of what hypnosis is and isn't that confuses people I really and if they expect to be hypnotized and be asleep or unconscious well, that's a concern for me and so (laughs) I'll usually spend time with them helping them understand it's not about being unconscious or asleep it's about being expanding consciousness it's about having higher perspective it's about having a more objective observer perspective that's really what we're achieving and so I talk more about the mind and about consciousness, because it's really about consciousness. And hypnosis or hypnotherapy is really just a tool to help the rational, analytical mind to step back, not go away. You want it there, because it has to learn from what's happening, and it's a safeguard. It'll step in if it needs to and say, no, I'm not really ready for that, right? But it steps back. And with that, then you have access to what's in the subconscious mind. You access to what's in the body, because the body holds a lot of memory and emotions also. And once you start to access that and go even deeper, then you can begin to access some of the deeper inner wisdom within. So I I love taking people out of their mind in through the heart and making contact with the wise one within, right? Not the wise person out there that's going to tell me what to do, but something beyond my intellect that lives within me that can guide me in my life. And that is connected with the whole. That's connected with a universal sea of consciousness that's way beyond anything I hold in my mental mind. And I love to see people connect with that and then learn, begin to learn to live from there. That's so wonderful, and I'm so glad you said that. in shamanism,
0: we have this belief that comes back from tribal culture from and a lot of the um, the different tribes of the earth. And the old way of connecting was not to connect from the brain because mm. the brain was considered a dualistic organ. So it was considered an organ that causes confusion. So uh, in ancient shamanism, they called the brain, the brain or the mind the trickster. Because it can only perceive what it has had, what it got from the world, and it can only make decisions based on that. So, the way that the shamans um, would teach the tribes is to connect is from the heart. And what they would say is go see the wise one who's in the center of your heart. which has been passed down to ancient lineage of tribes from all over the world, from the Sami people to the African tribes to the Native American to you name it, to the Mongolians. And so what is very fascinating to me is how what you're speaking about connects so strongly into all of these ancient practices Hmm. that were taken away from us and robbed literally so that humanity would not be able to tap into that sacred wisdom. And then, again, they would seek outside of themselves and not know themselves to have that knowledge. Excuse me. And then they would um, become codependent beings on a system that would manipulate them and control them and tell them that, you know, if that system doesn't exist, then they're not going to be able to survive. And what are your thoughts
1: around that? Yeah. I think if this isn't a time that calls upon us to wake up, then I I don't know what is. We're really not just being invited to wake up, but we're really being forced to wake up. It's it's really time for us. And I think that I can reach a certain number of people through doing individual sessions, but it's not enough. It's about doing workshops. It's about writing books like this. It's about getting it out there and, and putting it in everyone's hands so everyone can do it for themselves. So I, I talk about ancestral healing as well. And there's a process I take people through, and there's a process in the book as well for returning to our ancestors, our immediate ancestors, especially parents and their parents, certain things that we inherit, right? We inherit guilt or shame or certain beliefs about there's not enough, not enough money, not enough time, not enough food, not enough, I'm not enough. These are things that can be learned as a child, but they're often sort of absorbed from our parents and from their parents. And so I love to take a person through the process of with love and respect, not to cause someone harm, but to give it back to them. Not give it back to the universe or throw it away someplace magical, but to return it to where it came from because then you're helping achieve healing, not just for the individual, but for their family lineage, right? So I was doing that for a long time, returning it, but there was a really important piece missing in that process. And that was, after you give back and make space, receive. Receive from them. You know, most people in the United States, anyway, left Europe or other places and just cut themselves off from their ancestry. They have no idea that they even exist or how important they are. Maybe they have a family tree or they went to Ellis Island one time, but is there a energetic soul connection with the ancestry i think it's pretty weak in most cases and our ancestors have many gifts talents ability wisdom experience that we can ask for that we can receive from them that will also serve to empower us we just have to look to them and ask for that be open to that and they're more than happy to offer us that and that's profoundly empowering and life-changing
0: it is definitely there's a um there's an old saying in african wisdom that says that if you forget your ancestors you forget yourself and there's a saying that also says that when when we forget our ancestors the world will fall into chaos and that, so African wisdom always talks about the ancestors as a huge component to being able to stabilize human consciousness and balance out the energies of masculine and feminine and bring things back. Because the it, it's what's very interesting, and I, 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 you know, I would go as far to say that I wouldn't think that you are a hypnotherapist. I would think you're a medicine man. Great, honestly, seriously, because your wisdom and the way that you have gathered your knowledge—you have gathered your knowledge in a way that actually uh, communicates the energy of a medicine man. Because a medicine man is someone who takes you beyond the veil, not just the the, sur- the superficial veil of mm-hmm. uh, psychology and the body, and and you know the, what's happening with the kinesiology and all these different things. A medicine man in tribal culture's position is to take you back to the places of deep wisdom in you, mm-hmm. ancestral um, things within you, and to help you connect to um, guides and different spirits that can give you the connection or the knowledge, or even take you into other lifetimes so that you can access different memories of things that you have brought over from your sojourn. And so I would go to say, honestly, based on as the way you speak and the things that I'm hearing, and what I've already taken so far in your book that that you are literally a medicine man and that your purpose is to bring the medicine of the soul back to the people because the things that you're speaking about are so in african wisdom we that's what we consider the medicine man so there's different roles that people play and it's interesting too because where we are right now in our evolution And I want to just get your thoughts on this. Um, where we are in our evolution right now, spirit is calling forth the ancient ones, the ones who were the medicine men and the seers and, the, and, and you know, and the earth women and the different shamans and different people, who, the sages and so forth. And it seems to me that that's a calling that's coming forth, not just from from tribal lineage, not just from a tribe anymore, that spirit has integrated these people in different aspects of society. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's really an honor to have you call me a, a medicine man. I have to what put, that, I have to put <laughs> that in my bio now. Yeah, As you should. Talk, you know. yeah. One of the problems I see is that these souls, once they incarnate, once they come into the human body and have to deal with the human mind and personality and amnesia, that amnesia that happens, Mm -hmm. these souls come with great intention, right? They want to bring change. They want to bring evolution. They want to raise consciousness. They want to assist in some way. And once they're invested in and incarnated in their human body and the human mind and ego to deal with, and then the memory of why they came becomes unclear. Some know they're supposed to do something and some are just caught in life on earth. And I think our work work right now is to help wake people up and remember why it is they came, what it is they came to do. And amongst those people that we do that with are those that really came to help bring this change. I did a session for someone a, a few months ago. It was heartbreaking. He was in this very high level of consciousness and awareness and just in tears about wanting to help both the planet and the beings on the planet. And, and he could see from, from this higher perspective. And he, he was really channeling his soul. He was speaking in this, this very forceful voice that I've seen you speak in sometimes and saying, we send saints, masters, healers to earth to help and you kill them. Think of our history and how many great bringers of change, higher consciousness, those who came to assist were imprisoned, assassinated, eliminated in some way. That's been the history of Earth. And it's time, yeah, it's time, I think, for us to recognize that there's something within each of us that needs to be awakened, needs to be recognized and 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 given life to, given voice to be allowed to act and it isn't about our intellect it's about a greater wisdom and the earth is in so in need of it now human humanity is so in need of it now. look what's going on this last year and a half Wow, that touched me very uh, deeply because I just
0: had a conversation with my girlfriend about me going to the next level with my gifts and my abilities. And when I looked and talked to the spirits and asked them, what was the thing standing in my way? And they said, fear. And I was like, okay, fear. Okay, so then what is the fear? And they said, you have a fear that when you show the world what you're really capable of doing, they're going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, you know, and it's interesting because it's always been that voice of my dad growing up as a kid and him telling me not to let people know that I have these powers because they're going to hurt me, you know? And it's that same issue that I felt when I like was very much studying Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King or any of the the great leaders that came and what happened to them. And. One of the things that I, a friend of mine once told me from India, he said, you know, Derek, I was reading um, some, you know, the spirits and the talking to them about you. And they said that you're only showing a certain percentage of your power to the world because you're afraid that they're going to destroy you and kill you. And I when I went to Delphi when I was young and I got then I was told that I was the Oracle of Delphi and I, I didn't even know what Delphi was or who Delphi was. And I talk about this quite a bit. It was through hypnotherapy that I came into it when I was living in London. And this guy put me under, I didn't believe in hypnotherapy at all. And when he put me under, he tape recorded me when I was under, which I had no recollection of. And then when I came out, I was like, nothing happened. I don't remember anything. And then he pulled the tape recorder and it, it, ta- it was like me talking in a feminine type voice saying that I was, uh, Pythia in the, um, as, as an Oracle of Delphi. And when I, when I found that out, his family took me to Delphi and when they, when I went to go there, I knew what everything was. I know what Mm. everything was about. Mm. And I went to where the Oracle was and I saw this light and the light told me I was going to die. It told me that the, that I got to, you know, come back and then I was going to, you know, go through all these different stages of my life that would let lead me eventually to being assassinated. And that really struck me because I see sometimes where I drag my feet a little bit in how much more power I could sh- share and show. But, and so when you said that I felt the fear inside of me, I started going into this emotional place when you were talking and I could feel my hands starting to shake. And literally this was the conversation I had with my, with my girlfriend um today on the phone was about, um, she's like, it's time for you to like, to to remove this barrier and face it. And so, yeah, I can see what that is and what that's about. And it's true what you say. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we're on a planet that still has to go on these witch hunts and, and continue looking for people of the magical cloth so that they can find ways to get rid of them so they can continue to keep their linear matrix program system intact. And what do you think it's going to take for people to let go of those fears, um, of those energies, and really take a step in to step out?
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, of course, that will be different for everyone. But I know for me personally, um, one of the things that held me back was the difference between my personality, ego, mind, and my soul. They were really in conflict for a long time, I didn't write my book because I was concerned about what would happen if I put that out there. And a point in time came for me where I had to do some of my own inner work and realize that my human personality is very different than my soul. And human personality is actually rather shy, introverted, certainly wouldn't want to be on a stage where I find myself often, wouldn't want to be in front of a camera where I find myself often. Speaking to 500 people, not really. My personality says, no, that's the last thing I want to do. And it really limited me when those opportunities presented themselves because I would turn it down or go the other way or avoid as, as long as I could. But my soul in those instances is saying, yes, do it. That's what you're here for. And so I really had to sort of talk with the both of them or let them both talk and realize, okay, the more shy personality makes it easier for people to approach me i'm I'm safer what i'm doing is not coming from ego it isn't because i need fame or 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 fortune or something the soul is here to achieve something and so it's really strong and pushes for it and then the personality is softer and makes it easier to approach and, and work with and i think that it isn't common knowledge that we have a personality that can be quite different than our soul nature and the more we can begin to recognize our soul nature. And honor it and give it a chance to express itself, that will bring great change in the individual, it will bring great change in the family, in the community, and ultimately on the planet.
0: Yeah, you know, I always say fame literally um, is a gift to be able to support humanity. And, you know, a lot of times people will get very caught up in the need to have more followers or more more accolades, which is the way the matrix traps people, more things that will actually give people a superficial way of receiving love, attention and acknowledgement to the point of really coming into service and what it actually means to be of service, which is this great, great honor to be able to support and and be there to hold space for others to see the potential of their being so i very much understand what you what you mean when you speak in such ways and i think that you being this you know this medicine man who's come here what is your vision that you feel that you have for the human beings on this planet and while you're in this embodiment for the time that you
1: are here I think more than anything, it's really raising consciousness. I think we get locked into this human brain and materialistic society and, and lose our, and lose our way. And I think that my role, my purpose, the thing that, that is sort of a natural ability. I mean, I worked hard at it, but it's a natural ability doesn't come from reading a book or taking a workshop to remind people the deep inside of them, maybe buried, maybe even put away a, a long time ago for safekeeping so that no one else can get it out of them, is this divine being, is a soul, is a, a, a core being that's full of wisdom and power, that can bring change, that can bring healing, that can accomplish much and, and experience greater joy and fulfillment than most things on the physical life Earth, planet earth can bring and it isn't out there and it's not in a material thing it's nice to have them i mean that's part of how we can connect because we have computers that work right we have technology but that's a tool it's a tool and i think that remembering that we are divine beings within this human body honor the human body i mean you can't have your life earth experience without it Um, But there's something much greater than intellect, much greater than my human body. And even, you know, there's there's been a movement for a long time around the world to listen to your heart. And I think that's a great step towards the right place and the right thing. Let's get out of our heads. Let's listen to our hearts. But the heart can misguide you as well, you know. I mean, how many times has my heart or your heart misguided you? It's the doorway, but it's not the destination. It's the way to get in to that greater wisdom within us and ultimately with our own soul and remember that that's what we are and learn how to live from that. I think that what I'm really good at doing is helping people remember that that's in there and helping facilitate that emerging so it can break through those crusty layers. It can break through that place where it's been buried or contained or hidden away and begin to show again.
0: Mhm.
1: And what what would you say to someone who
0: goes into a space of I can't, I can't, nothing works, I tried everything, it's just not working. Um maybe I should just give up. What would you what would you what would you say to them, Paul?
1: Yeah. So on the on the way into the soul, the soul essence, there are many layers, right? And so one of the layers that people run into first is protection, right? We've been hurt many times, so we we put up our wall of protections. We'll work with that to get that to open. You go deeper, then often you find the inner child. And there's two There's two aspects of inner child. There's wounded child and there's wonder child. Wonder child's full of amazement, curiosity, spontaneity, creativity. And the wounded child holds a lot of these kinds of beliefs. I'm not good enough. I can't, nothing works. And we'll do some resolution with those. And then there are other parts within our psyche that we need to work with before often we can reach that very deep part. And so there is the inner critic, right? We all have one. Inner critic's intention or purpose is to be sure we do our best. But an inner critic is constantly criticizing us, putting us down. It's actually causing the problem that it's there to prevent. If it continues to criticize us, it erodes self-esteem, it damages us, it holds us back. And so that's an important dialogue is to talk with that inner critic so that it becomes more an inner inner advocate. What if your own inner voice was saying, good job, let's do that again and let's do more of that instead of that wasn't good enough, that wasn't perfect. You know, it's tearing us down. Then there's the protector, the one that's going to keep us safe. No, I can't risk getting hurt again. I'm not opening my heart. I'm not going in another relationship. I'm so sad. I'm so lonely. I'm so isolated. But no, don't don't connect with people. You're just going to get hurt again, right? So that protector actually becomes part of the problem. We all need some kind of protection in a, in this world. I think, but but there it is causing the problem. So parts therapy really is something I think that allows us to access these different parts. So it's the victim that you're talking about, or it's the the nothing works for me part, dialogue with it. I think that our tendency when we have a pain, a problem, is we ignore it or we try to anesthetize it in some way or pretend it's not there. And it just grows in the darkness. I say, bring it into the light. Let's look at it. Let's, let's acknowledge it. It came into being from, for some reason. It didn't just, you didn't just suddenly one day wake up and say, I, I want to put myself down. I want to be depressed. I want to uh, be a victim. That developed over time. And so let's see what role it plays. Sometimes it's there to try to keep us from getting hurt or protect us in some way. But let's find out. Let's even thank it. Instead of opposing something and trying to kill it or exercise it or get rid of it, let's thank it for doing its job. Let's acknowledge it. And then you know what happens? It softens. It transforms. And it's often even willing then to help us in a different way. So I say, give that inner critic a different job. Don't don't get rid of it. Thank it for trying to do its job, inform it it's been causing harm, and give it a new job description. Become my inner advocate. Become my cheerleader. And imagine a person who has a inner cheerleader and an inner advocate instead of, oh, that wasn't good enough. So for me, this parts therapy is achievable by having a a more expanded consciousness, dialoguing with the part, usually acknowledging it, and then working with it so there's some more mutually acceptable way it functions. I love it. This is great instruction too. And there's so many people who are
0: listening right now who are definitely writing notes and taking uh, notes um, for what you've just spoken about. I'm very, very happy about it. You know, something you had said, and you know, there's an old African um, saying that comes from Kenya, which is welcome all spirits with love. It's this understanding that in African culture, we believe everything is a spirit and we don't decipher between this is dark or this is light. We know that darkness and light exists for humanity for the understanding of duality, but we believe that darkness and light serve um, all aspects of healing. And so in Kenyan culture um, and also Zulu tribe, they would say, welcome all spirits with love. you know, um, So that way you're not in opposition With anything and creating any kind of constriction or any kind of chaos. What do you think on planet Earth is limiting human beings from stepping into this place of? I need to beat up on those energies of darkness that they claim to be there versus them just doing exactly that, which is what you spoke about. And that's why I really feel that you're a medicine man, because you're speaking about things that I know from my family's tribe in Yoruban culture and African culture that was come also through Haiti and into being here in the States, but also in my other side of my family, which is the Norwegian side of my family, which is the Viking side, have very Similar ways of communicating mm. from the elder shamans in um, in that way as well you're speaking about things that medicine men would speak about and so i really want you to consider yourself a medicine man and if anyone says that you're not they can take it up with me because i really believe that you are you're speaking about profound wisdoms that have been passed down through tribal cultures through lineages and lineages and lineages the whole idea of instead of get, uh meeting the spirit or the voice or whatever it is with animosity or malice but coming from a place of thanking them is very much in tradition to african culture in deep old wisdom that comes back from ancient times you're talking way back you're talking in the time of like the 12 tribes and you know the times of moses and when he was with the midian tribe because the midian people which is where moshi um was taken into from zipporah finding him and so forth and his and her father jethro their teachings is about having stewardship for the earth, for attending to the earth, but also stewardship for the self and the way that you take care of sheep and 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 goats and so forth and so you know once in a while they want to run off and instead of being angry and upset you realize that that's the whole aspect of how this the being your being works as well and being able to meet it with love always meeting everything with love and kindness and generosity is one of the ancient teachings of the median people which moved into african tribes and so it's really beautiful to hear you speak about that. What do you think limits people from going into that space of,
1: as we say, welcoming all spirits with love? Yeah. Pain, fear, right? I think it's really a trap. I mean, right now, there's huge energy for division and for polarization, whether it's in politics, whether it's about immunizations, whether it's, I mean, families, families, are being pulled apart. I know my own brother has very different political views than I do. And it's easy to get angry or or fight, but what does it achieve? You know, mm-hmm. I think if I can rise above that and be loving, even if I don't agree to be loving, I think one of the things that, that helps me is when I, I do a lot of work with, with trauma, right? People with trauma. And everyone wants to forgive and forgiveness is a process, and it's the at the end of a long process, really, from my perspective. You can't just go in with forgiveness some but a, something that helps achieve forgiveness is looking at the individual that, that's hurt them, and maybe they don't they're not ready to forgive what the person did to them. but if you see that person as a human being with a soul that's, that that got hurt too, you know that's just repeating something. It's easier to forgive the person for being fallible, for being imperfect, even if you don't forgive exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. And recognizing, okay, so I keep going back to my lightning experience, right? That was such a transformational experience. I didn't think about oneness or being one with all things as a concept. I think you can read this in a book. You can understand the concept You can strive for it, perhaps. But to have the actual experience of being one with all things, you, me, people with different political views, people at the other ends of the spectrum, we're all really one. We are all connected and a part of each other. I hate you for what you did. I hate me. It's no different. And being in a state where you could actually feel that and experience that, I think gives you a different perspective of it. Yeah, I have an ego. I have a wounded ego. And sometimes it doesn't like certain things. Sometimes it's judgmental, right? And so, yes, I work on that. And I think that that what you're talking about is something that we all really need to strive for and meet things with love rather than hate. I was at Art Miami looking at this beautiful modern painting that it was a little hard to see at first in two different colors that were kind of blended together on glass, it says love and it says hate. And they're they're both part of the same thing, right? But which one do you want to focus on? Which one do you want to manifest? Which one do you want to bring into the world? Uh, Can I do it perfectly? No. But it's something I work towards. I'm less judgmental than I used to be. I'm more loving. And I'll tell you, even when I meet a dark force, something... Of evil in nature. If I fight it with hatred, it feeds it. It mm-hmm. doesn't help. That just gives it power. If I can love it, I can be fierce. I've seen you fierce in sessions. Unbelievable. I can be fierce and there's a time for it, but fiercely love, not hate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Spoken like a true medicine man. <laughs>
0: you're now you're going to hypnotize me (laughs) i'm gonna keep saying it until you know that until you remember that part of you from that lifetime Mm. um yeah no it's really true and i think that people have to understand that the that we live in a universe the universe itself in this dimension is is reflective consciousness and so what it does it just reflects back Whatever we project and whatever we perceive to be real, it reflects it back to us and, and identifies it for us. And then our ego organizes it for us based on what we believe is is this or that. And that human beings, in the way we look at it from the shamanic perspective, is that human beings keep pulling up the sludge and the dirt and the mud and everything that has not been qualified into love. And it keeps recycling around until it gets qualified into love. And so it's kind of a really funny thing, actually, because I really love what you're saying, because you're basically giving people this quantum viewpoint of what we call the, the fast train versus the slow train. <laughs> and the fast train is, if you want to get to you know this fifth dimension that everyone keeps talking about that sometimes kind of just, you know, is too much to constantly hear people say, I'm now, I'm now planting turnip seeds. And I'm in the fifth dimension, you know, it's just like, okay, come on people, you know, let's look at it from the perspective of we and not me, but really understanding that what you just said is giving people a fast track It's like when you go across a bridge and you can either wait in line and pay, or you can go in your fast track lane. That's what you're basically telling people when you say what you just said. And that's how I know you're a medicine man. And there it is again. Um, So because basically what you're saying is... All of the discord that's getting recycled on Earth is only being recycled for the purpose of transmutation and transfer, transfiguration and transformation for the purpose of all things that have been taken out of context, being brought back to the center nucleus of love. So if that's the case, then everything that's showing up in order, the reason why we're dealing with so much resistance Because people are still reacting incorrectly through what we call our intellect and our emotional intelligence incorrectly at the energy frequency that is being presented as another opportunity to transmutate. So if people were to take your advice that you just gave right now, which is to administer love instead of hate instead of strengthening the darkness through that because the darkness just amplifies energy that's all it really is doing right and then strengthening that you're actually giving people a quick roadmap to being able to move through all of the the resistances that they keep putting up in front of them and that's absolutely brilliant by the way So I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that because I am very about profound wisdom and how people choose to articulate in conversations their knowledge into the world because it truly is an investment. And I have to say, Paul, you have done quite an investment for people all over the world just to be listening to you today. And I know it's even a bigger investment for them to be able to get your book and invest even more in the wisdom that you you as a medicine man have to share. So how can people get your book and how can people
1: find you and get in touch with you and all this wonderful stuff? Well, the book's in all the bookstores. I mean, certainly on Amazon, but it's it's in all the bookstores, even in Target. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> it's all around the world. On my website, paularand.com, uh, are links to all the books booksellers, a description of the book and some Elements of the book as well as the endorsers. So that's a good place to look. You'll see my scheduled workshops there as well. And I answer my emails. I really do. Instagram. That's been a a fun one. You know, publishers said, oh, you have to post on Instagram. It's like, ah, I see you're there all the time. I've grown into it. It's actually fun. And I've learned it feels so good. I don't post stuff there to try to sell the book. That was my thought. Oh, I said, no, give people something. Give them tidbits of the practices. Give them quotes from the book. Give them a thought for the day that will help them through, the, through their day. And it's a way to reach so many more people and, and really give something for free. Give something that's beneficial, something that, that goes out there and has some positive influence. So uh, it was a daunting thing at first, but I, um, here I am like some 16-year-old posting stuff on, on Instagram and, and Facebook that's fantastic. And it's true. Your
0: Instagram is your real estate and your real estate should always be filled with things that support the community Mm -hmm. and that's how you connect with people more and that's how people really start wanting to connect with you so i'm really glad that you 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 got that that social media tip because that's a that's (laughs) a powerful one and i just want to thank you so much brother for being with us on ancient wisdom today podcast uh it has been such an honor and a pleasure and just such an awakening of so many energies and so much consciousness that
1: has been elevated by having this wonderful conversation with you well thank you for having me and thank you for what you do really appreciate it so needed you're really wonderful shaman i love you sweetheart yeah love you too thank you
0: i've created the healing temple because people all over the world want and need healing but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based and where you learn to utilize energy to up level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomena that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The healing temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others, your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click The Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, Tribe, no matter what, stay lit.